Hey, welcome to Eat Crime Bites Season 1, Episode 19. This one is called A Couple Who Cyberstalks Together Faces Charges Together. Now, I tried to save one of the craziest cases I've researched for the last episode of our season. And we're doing a season as each half of the year. So season one is first half of 2023. Season two will be second half 2023. This is the closer of our season one. And it's going to be two parts because there's no way you can address what happened here in an hour by itself. They do so much stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and get right into the case details here. Now, the technology in this case, <laughs> there's actually some stuff I learned about that I didn't realize was out there. There's email, which I knew about that, but email is going to be one of the main tools that the top criminal here is going to be using to do his dirty deeds. There's another system that this is the one that I didn't even know really existed, but it's a court mandated child custody messaging system. So I guess for parents that probably can't get along just with standard text messages, they put it into this system that you got to communicate with that the court can see. So that way, if one person is abusive towards the other person, it's documented. And then we also see text messages here as well. Do you want to take the crime stuff? Sure. So there's a bunch. Uh, <laughs> we got cyber stalking. We have impersonating an officer or someone in law enforcement. Uh, the falsification of numerous documents. And then they listed smoking weed. However, that's becoming less and less illegal depending on where you currently sit. Federally, federally, because federally, yes, I will tell you the criminals are the both departments. Yeah, they're both federal employees, right? <laughs> no, I was going to say gentlemen here, but I, I don't, I don't even want to say that. No, to be clear, we could the, have titled we could have titled this episode a couple of shit bags, um, which isn't as as uh, lovely as your your chosen title. So the criminals here, the male of the pair is a navy officer. And then the female of the pair is a Department of Transportation senior lawyer. And they start out by picking on this officer's ex-wife together. That's understating it. Yeah. So who are the victims here? Well, we had noted um, our, our Navy officer. His name is Jason. We'll come back to his details. This is uh, the main victim would be his ex-wife. Um, Several ki several friends were definitely victimized here. I would uh, definitely say that um, their joint children, I think there were two minors, um, also were, were definitely victimized here as well. Why this case, Jones? And Well, before that, I will say up front that we're not going to say who the ex-wife's name is. We're just going to call her. We're just going to say ex-wife yep. through the whole episode. Uh, just because in the court paperwork, they don't identify her as well. It's just some initials and... Her first initial is E, so just think ex-wife, and that's how we're going to address her from here on out. So I picked this case because, well, buy a hat and hold the fuck on, because just when you think you go, oh, my God, that is horrible, buckle up, because right around the corner, there's going to be something that's going to be even more horrible. 
and and that trend will continue all the way through both parts. There's never a point where it really ends. You know, I found this case interesting in that, like, you hear cyberstalking, and for me, it kind of associates with you know how bad things can get with like bullying with kids, right? You know, when I was a kid, you got bullied. It was in person. Now, it's almost worse because people can be bullied both physically and then online, right? And you know, this maybe we'll do some cases on that in next season but when it's adults it you know it moves to the fully illegal phase and if you think about how much damage one can do if they're really dedicated to doing it to really putting a huge burden or if not ruining somebody's life and that's really what this one got to i mean it's funny because it's so crazy that somebody could be that angry and disgruntled and the the steps that somebody would take with clearly too much free time in his naval officer job um, but we'll learn why it's more egregious than that. This dude was really a, um, a bad person <laughs> in a lot of different ways. He does. He does so much stuff that the very first comment after Seth reviewed the material and we talked about it is Seth said, how does this guy have so much time? Like he does so much destruction that you'd have to spend hours upon hours upon hours researching the best ways of doing it and then doing it and it's crazy so just just buckle up is all we're saying yep so i want to introduce you to the male half of the duo here his name is jason michael lydell and he's an active duty or i should say he was an he was duty active duty commissioned officer in the u.s navy he lives in silver spring maryland so that's right around the corner from where i live i mean it's probably less than an hour if traffic's not holding up and he has an ex now an ex-wife they met in 2014 they married in 2000 let back that up yeah, they you're met right. in 2004 they married in 2005 and they had two children, which my understanding, at least when the court proceedings happened, they were minor. So they weren't mentioned either. And we're not going to mention them, but do know that while we're describing all this shenanigans and shit that they're doing, there's two kids involved here too. Two young children, right? So you're going to find out that Jason Lydell is, he, we used to call Dr. Ronald Ilg, the shitbag, but this guy, uh, we're going to have to come up with a new term because he's definitely in the shitbag range. Too. Well, we can almost call him a doctor shitbag, but I don't think he made it, right? He definitely didn't make it because let's talk about the first thing he did. And I tried to cut parts of this episode because we have two parts. I tried to cut chunks of this out because they did so much stuff. And this is one of those things I, w- I thought about cutting out, but I'm going to put it in here because I think it sets up the stage for what type of person we're going to be dealing with the rest of his life, which is his academic background. And I almost, in the core documents, I almost went past these pages just to get to the crime. And I'm glad I did. Because in that time range, when he met his ex-wife and they got married, so we're talking like 2003, 2009, he was assigned as the United States Air Force 88th Med Operations Squadron at White Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. And I understood the med operations to be medical. And I 
you will see later on that there's some documentation that involves medical records. So that kind of ties in. So Lydell, back then, he att attended the University of Kentucky's College of Dentistry from 2009 through 2011 under a USN scholarship, which is so by US the way, Navy? just at that level, yeah, US Navy, uh, which is kind of weird, right? Because he went into the US Air Force and did his time there. And then he, it looks like after that, he went to the University of Kentucky in their College of Dentistry, which is impressive. Um, from 2009 to 2011, but under a different scholarship. I'm assuming USN is US Navy. I don't know if there is kind of parity between one branch of the military or the other to offer scholarships. It doesn't really matter. Um, but he was definitely there on, on you know, after he served his time in the, in the, in the Air Force, rather, he was in uh, college dentistry at U of K. We'll come back to this. Yeah, and I did think it was weird that they went from Air Force to Navy, but definitely by the end of his career, he was Navy officer. So I don't know if there's like some process where he's able to switch or people are able to switch, but they mentioned Air Force in the early 2000s and later on it's the Navy. So just either way go with us, either way, it's an impressive, <laughs> it's an impressive background to be sure at that point. So here's what we learned. And this is from the court documents. Keith, do you want to go or do you want me to take this? Yeah, go ahead. So in May of 2011, Jason Lydell was placed on academic suspension. Why? He submitted a false document during an honor code hearing. So understand what that means. <laughs> this is a lot to unpack here. That means he did something. <laughs> We're just getting started too. <laughs> right. That means he did something that triggered a hearing about him violating the honor code. And then during the hearing, he submitted a document that was false. And then you learn that this was his second academic integrity violation at the University of Kentucky. So his academic suspension was effective for two years until 2013. And before that completed, he actually withdrew from the program at the end of January of 2012. However, this is important. This is important. On his electronic questionnaire for investigations processing, it's a specific form called SF-86 for the Department of Defense Security Clearance. He had to submit that back way back, well, after the fact in 2015. He answered no to the following group of questions referencing his time at the University of Kentucky. For this employment, have any of the following happened to you in the last seven years? Have you been fired? Have you, been, have you quit after being told you would be fired? Have you left by mutual agreement following charges of allegations of misconduct? That's the big one. Left by mutual agreement following notice of unsatisfactory report. Basically, they want to know, why did you leave? And was it under any negative circumstances? And their specific one was called out, left by either mutual agreement following charges or allegations of misconduct, or that he was fired, definitely falls into one of those. He said no. Now, to be fair, though, Jones, as I'm reading it, as a lawyer, there's nothing on there that specifically talks about academic suspension or full withdrawal. <laughs> so he could argue he was directionally not wrong, although sure that wouldn't pass muster anywhere. All right. So we alluded to the fact that he would become a doctor or was trying to become a doctor. And... He's in this dentistry program, and I'm not aware if he's medical doctor uh, well, bound at this point doctor. or anything, but he went, he definitely went to try to get his PhD. Now, 
the ph this is a process i've gone through and when you go through it it's kind of like the sf86 where they say give us all your educational background of everything you've done give us all of your transcripts and you know in most cases it's official transcripts but lydell in his case he included an unofficial transcript and the unofficial transcript he included was the one before he left the University of Kentucky. So let me recap again. He's applying for a PhD program at this place called Uniform Services University for Health Sciences in Bethesda, Maryland. He's applying there. They say, give us your educational background. He says, I went to University of Kentucky. Here's a transcript. He gives them a transcript before he dropped out of the program because of honor issues. Right. And by the way, it does state on that unofficial transcript that he withdrew seven years earlier from about the end of, because this was in 20, 2019 and in very early of 2012, he withdrew from University of Kentucky before they could throw him out. And it does state that he withdrew. So we learned he was not accepted to the uh, Uniform Services University on this attempt. Yep, and I actually smushed two things together. Um, and thanks for keeping me honest here, Seth. He actually applied twice, okay? The first time he applied, they didn't accept him because he gave them the transcript that Seth just described that had the bad information at the bottom. Well, later on, he applied again. This time, it doesn't have the negative information at the bottom. He was accepted into the PhD program at USUHS, and he reported for his assignment in June of 2018. Now, when they talked to, when investigators later on, when you find out all the shitty things this guy did, and they went back and they talked to the administration at the school, and the school said, they couldn't imagine any circumstance which they would admit a candidate if they knew there was a prior dismissal slash withdrawal due to an academic integrity issue. So already in the story, Jason Lydell is starting out with a negative, a negative. Like he can't even go through school without trying to gain the system. So during his time when he was admitted, for his PhD candidacy at US, US UHS, Jason was placed under review by the Institution for Plagiarism. That's generally a no-no. He was given a remediation plan by the school, but the institution determined that Jason did not successfully complete the requirements of said remediation plan. As such, they commenced the process to remove him from the program. And again, before 2020, before being removed for cause, he withdrew. So this is now a pattern of he gets accepted into a place, academic institution, has integrity, honor code type issues. They look to throw him out and he says, you can't throw me out. I'm going to leave. So <laughs> you can't break it, up with me. I break up with you. Right. And I mean, I guess to some regards that the smart play. So he can say he was never actually dismissed, that he left on his own accord. The fact that it happened twice, it's not so great. Um, so, you know, I can see how him being a bit of a bitter person where, you know, he feels the academic world did not do him right. Uh, but we're going to see how this plays out in his personal life. And it's, it's fairly aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Already we're seeing just his academic life. 
right there, we could have had a story in his academic life, but let's get to his marriage because this is the meat of what happens in this story. So we talked to you earlier and we said that he met his wife and they got married in the early 2000 range or somewhere between like 2003, 2005 era. So if we fast forward to closer to now, it's now June, 2018. Lydell's marriage begins to break down. Okay. All they say in the paperwork, they don't say why or anything like that, but I imagine, do you see how this guy talks to her and stuff? I imagine he's probably not easy to live with because on July 1st, she moves out permanently. So that's about a month afterwards. August 1st, which is another month afterwards, she moves to Virginia Beach, Virginia with the kids. Now, if you're not familiar even with the US, but like my area here on the East Coast, Maryland and Virginia touch. So they're not that far away. So Virginia Beach, Virginia is an easy, I wouldn't say an easy drive, but it's it's a drive from Maryland. It's not like she moved all the way across the country and he can't see the kids and all that kind of stuff. They're within driving distance of each other. And that's going to play a role later on this distance things. And that's why I'm telling you this now. Now, one last note. She, the ex-wife works as a teacher. So I can't imagine she's a terrible, terrible person working as a teacher. Let's flash forward to middle of June, 2018, the fake affair. We learned that Mr. Lydell created an email address called Johnny on the spot, 2017 at Gmail, which is hilarious by the way. So this is a site, excuse me, website, email address blah, that Lydell created that supposedly belonged to a person that he accused his ex-wife of having an affair with. And that's really important because it gave him an impetus or, or a vessel to start basically harassing uh, and frankly abusing his ex-wife. So Lydell compromised his ex-wife account, which was from a domain called Rising Ridge, probably the school system, I assume. Well, that's, that's not for. the domain. That's that's just the handle. We we'll, we'll we'll call it Rising Ridge. It's they didn't give us the whole email because it's private to her, but they gave you the Rising Ridge part and the rest was redacted. Just, so we'll just call it the Rising I thought it was Ridge a domain. Email. So yeah, so that was her handle. No. Anyway, but we know it was him because first he sent a test email between the two accounts and then he started this is the cyber stalking faking emails between the two accounts pretending to have an affair this was ostensibly to provide evidence to a future court appearance to say look she's terrible she's cheating on me or was cheating on me it's fairly insidious so can you tell us what the court docs show us so we're just scratching the surface here okay he's faking this affair between his ex-wife and this guy if you were a bad guy seth you would probably make sure you didn't have any evidence that you had access to either Rising Ridge or this Johnny on the spot, right? I mean, that would be like one of your first things on your mind. You'd say, I'm a criminal. If I ever get caught, I don't want to be in possession of anything that has to do with Johnny on the spot or Rising Ridge. Right. Well, this fucker <laughs> sent stuff to his official DOD user email, Jason Lydell. And it has the school name.edu, and I'm not going to give you the domain. And it has correspondence between Johnny on the spot 
and Rising Ridge. So this pretend affair that he has set up has made its way into his DOD work or school email account. So it's not even like a personal account, it's or organizational account. So this is a big deal. Evidence wise, he can't just say, I don't know anything about it. Now he's got to say, I don't know anything about it. And let me think of a good reason why all this shit's in my email, in my, in my DOD email. Yeah. The email stated and contained uh, screenshots, um, which could only have been accessed by someone with the ability to log into uh, his ex-wife's account after its credentials had been changed. So let's read this uh, email that he, he created and, and planted, basically. So this is from Johnny on the Spot, 2017 at Gmail. And the subject is Make It Gone. And this is to Rising Fox, which I guess is another handle for the Rising Ridge. This is basically to his uh, ex-wife. And there's lots of interesting little um, typos and, and grammatical errors in here that I'm not sure are for on purpose or he's just not great with, uh, with typing. But this um, whole email called Make It Gone is actually talking about destroying evidence, which is right. really interesting because I don't think he even did this process when he was caught. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And it talks about just in case you're logging into a computer he may have access to. You want to make sure he doesn't have access to what your email address is. If you are reading this and you just logged into a computer, he has access to follow the pictures below so there were screenshots he added to this email about how to do this which is really weird um about in terms of going to settings and browser history and clearing the browser history and cache um so he doesn't try to see what email accounts you have logged into and to prevent to erase the um sorry to prevent having to erase the browser history afterwards you can always just log into google chrome browser things along those lines in terms of deleting email history. And there's screenshots with how to do it. And yeah. in, in order, this is first, then do this, this is second. Very, very uh, detailed, very, very strange. Yeah, you know what? Let me pop these, pop these screenshots up for our um, video people right now, right in the video here. Well, first of all, let me show you a picture of Jason Lydell because I didn't do that up front. This is him. This is, I would assume this is his driver's license photo because it doesn't look like a mug shot per se. It looks like on a driver's license blue background, but he looks like somebody in the Navy. He has almost no hair shaved off and he's youngish. All right, there so go. there yeah. are the screenshots. So what Seth was reading you is this email that I have on your screen right now. And it's basically, he's faking that his ex-wife's supposed lover is sending his ex-wife instructions on how to delete her browser history. So that way he, Jason Lydell, doesn't catch her, I guess. And then it goes on, like Seth says, and here's some screenshots. Here's one and two. It shows you, you know, go into Google, click on this, click on that. And then go up here, click on that, remove account, yes, remove. And it just shows you how to like basically take your Google account out of the browser. And if you kind of read between the lines, it sounds like to keep herself safe from the ex-husband. Who's the guy faking this whole communication to begin with? Yeah. 
It's crazy. All right. So based upon records provided by Apple, Yahoo, Meta, and all these accounts that you're going to hear about, and we don't, I'm only giving you the highlights, but imagine all these accounts, most times when you create them, they come to you and say, I want to make sure you're a human. And it's not just CAPTCHA that there's giving you to prove that you're a human. They want you to attach to a mobile phone, for instance. And all these important accounts, Jason Lydell uses an email address of Lydell at AOL.com. And furthermore, he would then go to these accounts and then verify them with his cell phone number, which ends in 2915. And I'm just telling you that number in case it comes up again. I don't believe it will, but it's his main number that gets associated with all these accounts. So if you back up from an evidence standpoint, he's being pretty sloppy. We see that he sent correspondence that he doesn't want to be associated with to his DOD account just previously. And now we're seeing him attach a phone number that you would have to be, you know, physically present to get, you know, you have to get that phone number. You have to pay for it. It's not like you could say a hacker in Romania did this. It's your <laughs> phone number that you have physical access to. So this is another point where he, he got sloppy. Well, and it's a consistent approach. You'll see throughout these documents and throughout this uh, podcast that anytime he tried basically a cyber stalking attempt, but doing it under auspices that it was somebody else, it was fairly easily tracked back to a personal phone or a personal account that he had created and tested on. So he was not very good at hiding his tracks here. So we learned that a review of his uh, DOD account um, showed that in 2018, that account received an email from a Lydell at AOL.com, another personal email account of his containing the account login credentials for his wife's account uh, with the subject forward of yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And there's a screenshot in the um, court paperwork that it does. It says subject yo, and I'm not even going to show you because it's so short. It basically has the password in there but it's not the password because it says password redacted and you would say oh why are you even showing me this keith right so later on when investigators have caught up to him they review an iphone that he's in possession of that is his iphone so on this iphone when they did a forensic review of the iphone they found information on it that there was the compromised email information on it for his ex-wife's Apple account. So even again, if you throw that evidence out that we talked about earlier where he was sloppy, now we have evidence on his phone that shows he's a possession of the compromised credentials or the username and the password for his ex-wife's accounts. This one is her, her Apple account. The ex-wife also indicated that her Microsoft email account, you know, I imagine this ends with like, you know, MSN or Hotmail or something along those lines was also compromised. Why am I telling you about all these accounts? Because there's probably tons of accounts we don't even know about. And this guy is just going out there and he's getting his hands on all his ex-wife's data that she thinks she normally would think is private. He has access to. And this is kind of a big deal because 
that gives him enough information where he can start to cyber stalk her without her directly giving him information if he can just log in and read stuff. Right. So that so now, leads us right, to that leads one us of the to, very most shitbaggy things I've ever heard of. Right. And I, you tell tell us about this, Seth. Yeah, so that was a little dry. I get it. But that was kind of just giving you a let up setup as to how did he commit the crime, right? How did he gain access to her uh, accounts and, and spoof her and stuff like that? But now what did he do with it? So now he starts contacting her employer, keeping in mind that she is Potential. a teacher potential right. employee. So she was looking for a new role, a new job at a different school. And I want everyone who's listening to kind of think about somebody doing this to you and how that, you know, how pissed you'd be. So the court documents state that records provided by Yahoo, which by the way, it's very hard to get one of the main email carriers like that to get it subpoenaed and give them meaningful information. Uh, but they, they got it. Um, Yahoo showed that um, <laughs> I had a hard time with this, web, this uh, email address. Hook and Mermaid um, at Yahoo, which was one created by Jason Lydell in late August, mid-August rather, of 2018. Um, and ex-wife permanently separated. And one day before sending fraudulent communications to the ex-wife's former supervisor, who was the principal of the elementary school in Virginia Beach, um, and they also verified a recovery phone number, which matched Jason Lydell's primary cell phone number. So we know that it was him. Yeah, yeah. We know that he's tied to this hooker and made Yahoo account. It's really important. So, so she continued yeah, to ahead. search for employment. You imagine she just moved there, right, Seth? Yeah. She and one of the first things you're going to do if you break up with somebody is you need some kind of funds, right? You're going to probably be looking for employment at this new spot. So she's out there looking for the job. And between August 14th of 2018 and August 29th of 2018, this person at the school where she's applying to starts receiving emails from this hook and mermaid at yahoo.com. And this is just how oh, it's so batshit crazy. This, it just accuses her of so much stuff. Um, we have the email here and I'm just going to read you some highlights here. This is to, I guess it's the administrator of the school and it's coming from Hook and Mermaid and the subject is moral compass of your new teacher. And it says, principal, does Virginia Beach Public Schools have a moral compass personal ethics requirement? One of your teachers has been carrying on an extramarital affair with another man. This other man is in the military. Probably not the best vantage for your school's demographics. Just saying. I have sexually explicit emails plus phone records that corroborate that the two authors of these emails are whom I claim. If you wonder why I'm stumbling, this guy cannot spell for shit. So I'm, I'm doing my best here, people. If you saw, I'm, hold on a second. Let me just put this on the screen because this is just a piece of work. There it is. All right, so I was at the bottom of that first paragraph for you people watching on the video. And it said, I have sexually explicit emails plus phone records that corroborate that the two authors of these emails who are who I claim. The woman happens to work for you. The other man's army chain of command are, <laughs> uh, uh, spelling, are currently reviewing these same emails and have considered filing charges to remove the man from the army. 
If you or the district want this information, let me know. Oh my God. He can't even spell no right. He spells it yeah. N-O. And I'll send you what I have. Call sign Hook and Mermaid. It's awful. I don't know what to say about it. So we get a couple days later, 2018 in August, an email from Hook and Mermaid um, commended the Virginia Beach Public Schools for withdrawing its offer of employment to his ex-wife. He actually stated... I heard that Virginia Beach School stepped up and withdrew its offer of employment for this unethical teacher. Y'all are slowing, I think he meant showing, regaining my confidence in your system. Seth. Seth, I figured out why this guy had to do plagiarism and why yeah. he had academic issues. Just reading like two fucking emails from this guy and I, I don't want to work on my eyes out. I know. It's like he, he had to steal other people's work because he can't spell anything. Yeah. But what's interesting is here how easily the authorities were able to trace it right back to him. Yeah. So when they had his Dell computer later on, they went and looked at it and said, hey, is there any evidence of this hook and mermaid on here? And what do you know? There was Jason Lydell successfully authenticated from his Dell computer to this hook and mermaid. So this uh, facade or this pretend situation that he's trying to put across with some pretend lover that his ex-wife is in communication with is actually just something that he's faking. And now the authorities can prove it through his computer. Right. So August 21 of 2018, Jason Lydell writes an email from his AOL account this time to his uh, DOD uh, email address with the subject burner phone. Um, and again, this is supposed to, I think, be uh, to the Virginia Beach Public Schools. Um, <laughs> Keith, you want to read this or want me to read it? This was, uh, this was crazy. So basically this email, and I'm not going to read this email all the way through it was a really creepy email and I wanted to talk about it just for one reason is he's sending it from one of his accounts to one of other of his accounts. So there's no school involved here, but what you see is sort of like a form letter for a school letting his ex-wife know that she can't have the job, which is really fucking weird. I couldn't understand why he would be sending this to himself. I, so I'm I'm wondering, did you know, did he send this to the school and says, hey, can you use this to fire her or what it was? But you can see this guy had a lot of time on his hands to harass his ex-wife. Yeah, for sure. So in 2019, this escalates early February of 2019. An email was sent to the specific elementary school principal and the contents of the email included allegations against the ex-wife to the Virginia Beach Public School. The email stated that the ex-wife had an affair, became pregnant, aborted the child, abused prescription drugs, as well as neglected children. I'm gonna interject and say, even if any of that were true, it's all really, really private, and the school would be illegal, uh, le illegally operating if they were to action on any of it. The email also included a link to a dating profile purported to be ex-wife with language that supported these claims. And the email 
also included several attachments. And these attachments were purported to be conversations to support the allegations that were made against the ex-wife. So who would believe that somebody would send an email on behalf of themselves outing themselves as being, you know, generally a, a unfit parent or somebody who's on drugs or things along those lines. It's kind of crazy. Um, but that's well, and I, I will clarify, it's it's not from her to her. It's from this another spoofed account out there on the Internet that Lydell right. made to a school about her. But he ratchets it up. It's not just, you know, she's dating a military man. Now he's doing, you know, prescription drugs, abortion, and all this other stuff that he thinks will get her fired. Right. So he's basically, as she's trying to get more work because she's having difficulty, obviously, because he keeps stalking her, he then, like whack-a-mole, goes over to another school and will send this stuff and just make it even worse so she cannot find employment. And you, we could we could legitimately stop our episode here. We could stop it here and go, oh my God, this is this is the most shitbaggy thing ever. But this is just scratching the surface. Wait until you see what else they do to her. There's this person that we have been talking about that Lydell has been pretending that his ex-wife has been having an affair with. Okay, and I'm trying to shield you from all these different email addresses. There's a bunch of different email addresses, but there's this person and they refer to this person with they the investigators finally refer to this person with the initials of m y i'm just telling you that in case i accidentally say it again later there's a um spouse to m y that's t y and we may mention t y later on as well because they come up over and over and over so one of the attachments in this email that sent to this school that's trying to out the ex-wife is pretend communications with the ex-wife and this third party that he's been sort of framing all along. Are you with me so far? Did I explain that all right, Seth? I'm trying yeah, to I think that makes sense. All right. Now, in the email that's in the attachment that he's sending to the school to try to make sure his wife isn't his ex-wife isn't hired there i know that's a lot to unpack but there's more in this email he starts making references because you know he's controlling all this day he's making references to suicidal tendencies which is going to get a lot of people's attention in there, supposedly his ex-wife has taken a full list of antidepressants and washed them down with a few margaritas. And she said in there, if I don't wake up tomorrow, I need you to know the truth. And then the email goes on to state information about the fair that it was never supposed to get physical. And the more time they spent on the phone texting deeper in lust. And then I fell in love. So imagine it's like a confessional coming from the ex-wife while she's supposedly dying about an affair that she's having with this other man. And this random person on the internet is sending it to the school so that she won't get hired there. Oh, and there's a tie into fucking yeah, You gotta mention the tie. Because this new email address actually signs off on it formerly Hook and Mermaid. So now we have you know, two dots that we can place together in these two two accounts. 
Right. And the attachment that was sent to the, uh, the other elementary school's principal also included a second email. And this email was reportedly sent from an account associated with the ex-wife, and it was sent to Johnny on the Spot 2017, that Gmail account we talked about earlier. Uh, uh, and the owner of the user account was purportedly the wife of the third-party gentleman who the ex-wife was purportedly having an affair with. Um, I'm so sorry we have to do this to you guys. Yeah. We don't have names. We should probably make up names, but there's so there's so many people involved. There's this other couple that he's his ex-wife is supposedly having an affair with. That's who Seth's trying to... Well, not the couple, the husband, but she's saying the husband also had... Sorry, the... the other gentleman the wife sent the initials, email. right the the wife ex-wife's boyfriend let's call him with initials my he had a wife um apparently and the email was uh started by referring to the purported owner of the user account by name and followed it with formerly known as hook so that ties to the hook and mermaid email address um and the email references how the wife had to quote sit at planned parenthood alone with Oh, I got to use the gross words. All right. Uh, crackheads, fat, loud N-words, and lowlifes, which is spelled incorrectly, to get an abortion. <laughs> yeah. The email stated that, by the way, it was a girl. You had a daughter that you forced me to kill. And she was killed surrounded by high society. I don't really understand what that means. Um, thrown out with the trash like the crack horrors and the rest of the black people, which is racist. It's awful. Uh, and then she corrects it. No, the N words that were by my side. I mean, basically for making her out to be an awful racist, fairly gross. Um, I was so upset that I even let one of these people hold my hand while your daughter was vacuumed from me. The email also said, you know, from me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, and then apparently the email states that she admits to calling some of her students, uh, something it's blacked out retards. I mean, really awful awful stuff like this guy basically is trying to say what are the worst things we could articulate to a school you know for a potential teacher to hire and trying to hit it all in one shot i mean it was really really vile vile shit here i'm, I'm ugh. i mean like i need a shower oh yeah that. oh yeah we're not even we're not even to the good stuff yet people hang on hang on yeah. So later on, and I'm sorry we have to jump around in time. This is one of those stories where I can't do it totally chronologically because we find out things at different times. But later on, there's a police department. The Virginia Beach Police Department interviewed this other couple, the one that Jason Lydell is accusing. The male of the other couple is the boyfriend to his ex-wife, if you're following me there. All right, so the police department interviewed this other couple and the ex-wife probably to get to the bottom of this matter because there's just such heinous shit being sent over email they wanted to figure out who was sending emails from hook and mermaid at yahoo.com and some other accounts that we've referenced that they own individually as well and johnny on the spot the result of the interview was that all the parties were like you didn't write that shit. Where did that come from? So at some point, that's when law enforcement looked at probably the only other person in this picture and said, well, who else? Would... Jason Lydell, who's that guy? 
and they started focusing in on what he did. And that's probably why we have information about his Dell computer and his iPhone right. and all that. Well, clearly, stuff. yeah, 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 for sure. So now we're flashing forward to 2020, where clearly um, things have ramped up. And the principal of the elementary school, I guess, where either the ex-wife was working or was applying to work for, uh, received another email from a new account. This is a Yahoo account from a J Michael 237, basically demanding a full investigation by the principal into the Yahoo post about your racist and homophobic teacher. <laughs> Um, calling her students my little retards. Where are you guys drawing the line from somebody named Michael Jones? Now, we learned that this email didn't actually come from Michael Jones. Yeah, like all the other, you're going to see, this is like, this is a trend. You're going to see this yeah. trend all the time where you have, and there's so many accounts in here. We're not even telling you all of them. There's so many accounts he right. has made. This guy has so fake. much We're only giving time. you like, yeah. The top this guy was maybe. so intent on basically ruining the life of his ex-wife. He really was creating an issue and then following up on the issue all through spoofed emails. It's, it's kind of crazy. And then you think, all right, if I'm Jason Lydell, I'm thinking, I've harassed the shit out of my ex-wife. What could I do now? I'm going to harass my ex-wife's new husband, right? Why not? So at some, po some point, she gets married, remarried after they split. She marries somebody that is in the United States Marine Corps. So also a branch of the Navy. Um, he was an officer. So think, you know, he went through the same types of thing as, as Jason Lydell did in order to be an officer in the military. He retired in 2021 after 21 years of active duty service. On April 7th, 2019, Colonel, and they don't give his name, but there's this Colonel, a detachment commander from the United States Marine Corps, Damneck, received an email to his DOD email account from this Michael John RS at mail.com. And I can't go through this whole email for you because it's so goddamn long. But it starts out, I mean, this. This is sent from Lydell to harass his ex-wife's new, new husband by emailing his chain of command. And it basically accuses that husband of being involved, of having extramarital affairs with a married person that's not his wife. And he's trying to use this as basically a way to keep him, keep him, meaning the new husband, quote unquote, accountable. And he's doing this. He's not doing this as Jason Liddell. He's doing this as this Michael fake account on the Internet. And he just goes on and on and on as saying, you know, this guy's he's basically saying this guy's a shitbag and he has extramarital affairs and he should be held accountable and nobody's doing anything about it and somebody needs to do something about it and but they're also stating the emails all stating that he's a terrible officer and that how you know he he is you know insubordinate and thinks he's better than his commanders and really trying to ruin this guy's entire military character and career which i have to imagine is a crime i don't know enough about military law but like 
That's a, and it's not from a, a civilian. It's from another military employee, right? So I have to imagine that that's, you know, that's really illegal. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, you know, slander, libel, but it's also within the military. I wonder if that's a specific crime. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, this was, yeah, a fairly extensive email, not just accusing him of adultery and being fairly deviate, but also being, you know, a terrible uh, officer in the military. I would assume that this would be some type of crime, but I've learned one thing from military justice. It's completely different than criminal justice that we deal with as laymen, not in the military. They have different types of attorneys and they have a different process. And in some ways, the way it's been explained to me, it's not as maybe fair as we have in our, you know, layman criminal courts. But I would imagine, you know, especially if something happened to this new husband, Lydell would have to be held accountable for this. He'd have to be. Yeah. Well, time will tell on that. And he signs it off as Michael Jones, like he did in the other email with the Michael and his tagline under his name is whistleblower and concerned taxpayer. How honorable. Yes. So based upon records provided by the internet service provider that was ultimately investigated, um, we learned that this, this uh, sender, this, um, you know, Michael. Michael that was sent, you know, that, that had sent the, uh, the note to the, the military um, was an IP address associated with the emails account creation consistent with the IP address of Jason Lydell's home internet service. When his account was established back in 2017 and the most recent login activity in 2019 resolved to his DOD campus in Bethesda, Maryland, where he was employed. So basically a very simple forensic backing into of the facts said, yep, it was Jason Lydell. We can see that it was his home computer and that it was his address where he works. Furthermore, the court found that there were false statements made to child protective services. So if you thought that this couldn't get any more shitbaggy, it does. So now we've got him engaging against harassment against his ex-wife, harassment against his ex-wife's new husband. And now he's now messing with his own kids. And this, I think, was really maybe the last straw on the shitbag uh, level here. Keith, walk us through what's what he did with CPS. Well, he... So what the court documents claim is that he exhibited a pattern of alienation of his two kids against his ex-wife. Which just kind of blows my mind because it sounds like she's an elementary school teacher and you would think she would probably be the person you would want those minors kids with but he tried to alienate them and why why did he do this well one of the things that he was really pissed off about was she had claimed to his military retirement income right so he i don't know how many times we'll mention it throughout you know this part and the next part but that's kind of a theme that comes up. He'll talk about the income and his rants and emails when he wants certain things. So that's sort of a, an underlying tone of one of the things that he wants. And so CPS, which is Child Protective Services, if you're listening to this from a different country, this is like an organization that will step in if they think kids are being abused in a home. This organization, CPS, gets abused a lot by 
split families. What happens typically is you have a father or a mother that are pissed off at each other and they will say, the other party did this to the kids. So that way the CPS people will come in to your home. You don't have a choice. They come into your home. They will check it out. They'll say like, for instance, you beat your kids or you're not feeding them enough or you're playing porn in the middle of the day and they can see it. And a CPS officer will come in to see that the kids are fed, they have food, they have beds, they're not, you know, they're bathed, they're not sleeping in their own feces or anything. Basically, very minimal checks to make sure the kids are okay and then they leave. But keep and in what mind, happens but, is, but hold on, but there's a, this is more insidious than that, right? So we talked in earlier episodes about swatting and how really fucked up that is, right? Yeah. The idea is if you call emergency services, you know, on somebody else, say, hey, I'm having a fire in my house, come, they have to go. Like it's a civic duty, they have to go. And I'll be, well, how do we know there's really a fire? They don't have, because if somebody dies, God forbid, or gets injured because they didn't respond, they have to respond. This is just like that. If CPS is called, and I have several friends who have gone through divorce who have said it is absolutely like a, um, a sword that somebody could draw, well, don't make me call CPS because whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. They have to come to your house. They have to look. Then they have to come back and do a recheck because anybody can clean up their kids and their act in an afternoon before CPS comes. So they have to do spot checks and it goes on a record. There's a public record if you call CP if CPS has been called on you. And it could be called by anyway. It could be called by the school if they, your kid doesn't come into school enough and they feel like there's a problem. And obviously it's there to protect the children, of course. But if you have a, a, a person that, that weaponizes that, that's a big deal. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of indicative of how deteriorated a relationship can become if one party calls CPS on another party for no reason other than to fuck with them. And it's really, yeah. uh, as a parent, I can tell you, you know, however much you might dislike your, your spouse or how angry you are with them, if, you know, the idea that your kid should be unimpacted is kind of important. So by calling CPS into play, you're kind of indirectly or directly involving your kids in your shit. And I feel very strongly about this. So much as I feel like if you deserve to have CPS called on you, absolutely. But if you don't, it's equally insidious to call them falsely. So I apologize for interrupting you, Keith, but I wanted to proselytize a little bit there because I think it's really an important point to see how fucked up that is. And I've seen this in real life. I've seen this where the male's ex-partner would call CPS on the female ex-partner who had you know, primary custody of the child. And it was just like Seth said, they show up unannounced. They don't tell you they're coming over to do an investigation. They just knock on your door. If you're not there, they come back and hope that you're there another time. I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's not a, a pleasant process for anybody being investigated, including the kids, because then they have to, that investigator has to talk to the kid alone and. Yeah. Are you sure mommy doesn't hit you? You know, can you prove that she doesn't hit you? I mean, it, it's, you know, it, and it gets into some really ethical issues you know i mean none of us have not yelled at our children um I, I personally don't hit my children some people do some people it's part of their culture and all that comes up it's like the worst part of miranda anything you've ever said or done can be used against you and so it's really an insidious thing to call cps um especially if it's really just out of anger or out of a retaliation and jason lydell did 
he did. He not only, and this is one of the rare cases where he actually did it as himself, talking to CPS saying she did bad stuff, but he also sent his anonymous, you know, Hook and Mermaid, Michael Jones. He did his usual spiel with the CPS department that he's done with the elementary schools and and let's pause Everything on that. We've told That's you, important told because so far. if you're listening to this and you know Jason and your team, Jason, you're like, well, how do you know the ex-wife and the new husband wasn't, you know, weren't abusive to the children? Well, if that were the case, why would he have to spoof a name? Why would he, why wouldn't he just go, hey, I'm a concerned ex-husband and this is real. The fact that he spoofed, you know, a different um, person is indicative to me that it wasn't actual. It was bullshit. He was just trying to fuck with his ex-wife. Uh, and I feel very strongly about that. So he weaponized CPS against his ex-wife. And luckily, luckily, law enforcement, somewhere along the line, it sounds like they caught on because CPS or DSS, depending on what states name them differently, but CPS is the general name most people go by. They came back to Jason Lydell and basically said, "Eh, it sounds like bullshit to us. But they said much nicer terms like well they looked at it and they said it was unsubstantiated Mm -hmm. but i think the point is they were suspicious of the actual uh, assertion or allegation and by the way i think dss is department of social services i think that cps is a division underneath dss yeah yep you're right okay and again you could say whoa that was a hell of an episode (laughs) hold on hold on because jason is now starting to fake emails from his wife that we need to talk about. So one of the things he faked was an email from his ex-wife to him directly. So imagine he had his email, he had his AOL account that we talked about. He receives this email from his ex-wife's account and it goes something along this. This is what was said, and I'm going to read it to you, but there's one point that's the most important because that drives an event that's about to happen that changes the ex-wife's life dramatically. So the email says, Jason, nice try, asshole. And then some name and I are going to get married. So I imagine that name is her new husband. She goes on (laughs) to say, this email that he drafted he had to think about this and write it. It's so fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's horrible. It says, you think that I would let my girls get in the way of that? <laughs> okay, here we go. He has promised to stop touching the girls. He loves me. Okay, so that key sentence right, right there, if that says the new husband is touching the children. And right. that's going to drive something that happens soon but i'm gonna go ahead and finish this email for only because it's so funny poetry. <laughs> so he goes on and this is the best part he is more than just my gravy train dick i can make more children this is real love the girls are tough and will fight through this right let me just pause on this so what what he was drafting an email which ostensibly he was going to submit to cps or a court was saying that the guy that his ex-wife was marrying, yeah, he may be molesting the kid, but she's willing to forgive him. And even if not, she can make more kids if those kids end up being fucked up because those girls are tough. It's so fucked up. 
Yeah. All right. So the rest of it, it goes on. It goes on in different fonts. Yeah. The, <laughs> the rest of it goes on. And I'm just going to call this new husband, the new, the ex-wife's new husband, M. That's his middle first initial. So M's chain of command knows about our affair and don't care. We have been dating since September, 2018. M is too valuable to lose. Again, sorry. There's a lot of misspellings here. Even the core knows and is highly decorated war hero isn't going to get in trouble. Everyone is the core's cheats. Meaning everyone lying isn't cheat. a problem everyone either. Cheats, right. Oh, I'm sorry. Everyone is the core's cheats. She's he. Yeah, that's. I think he meant everyone in the core. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Meaning everyone God, cheats on their wife. Everyone lies. It's not a problem. If you want trouble, then per. If you want trouble then pursue perjury charges um and i'll just deny writing this email and call fap some more i don't know what that is um m has given me numbers to your chain of command i have stories to tell that's so messed up yeah but what did we learn the courts figured the the authorities figured it out well no no not initially so basically this is so this email this is the touching the girls email that's sort of how we'll refer to it that this is then used by Jason Lydell as an excuse to get emergency custody of his two children right in a Virginia Beach court now Virginia Beach if you're not from my area it's a different state so you're going across state lines. There's a lot of shenanigans and craziness that you're going to have to deal with court wise because Virginia is a different state than Maryland. And usually these custody issues get hairy across state lines. Now, of course, law enforcement, they get, you know, later on, they get this information and they, you know, they go talk to the ex-wife and they go, Hey, have this suspicious email from Jason says you wrote it. Did you write this? And the ex-wife said, uh, no. They performed some forensics. And, and right. that forensics makes it look like it could come from the ex-wife. But when they did forensics later on, on the iPhone that's within Jason's possession or the, the iPhone that he owns, there's there's these compromised email accounts. They're, they're all on there. So he can't deny that he wasn't part of this. Right. And the key piece here is that they found this Apple iPhone 6S that these emails resided on and um, that was seized from Jason's home pursuant to a, a search warrant that happened later on in 2020. But this is where we're going to be entering into uh, the other shit bag here. Jason shared this residence with a lawyer named Sarah Sorg. And they shared a residence. Yep. And we'll, he we'll hear about more about Sarah in part two on this because she's equally as shitbaggy as Jason. Yeah. And August, so now we're in August two, now, 2019. And Lydell tried to renegotiate his divorce with his ex-wife through this court messaging system that I told you about at the very beginning. If you skipped ahead and you go, what is he talking about? You don't want to reverse. This court messaging system is a system where the court can actually see the conversation between the two parties. So he tried to re renegotiate 
his divorce with his ex-wife. His ex-wife probably was more sane than him, I imagine, and said, hell no. Then later on, remember that email that I told you about earlier that says the touching girls email? Well, then later on, on August 15th, 2019, Jason Lydell was, he was awarded the temporary custody of his two minor children based upon that fake yeah, email court, that he created. The court initially fucked up. Jason's attempt to use the touching the kids email worked before the courts, you know, got into the forensic uh, with the authorities on this. They granted temporary emergency custody to his two young girls, minor one and minor two, based on that email. Um, which is really kind of scary, right? I mean, I guess if you, it's kind of like calling CPS, you know, it's, 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 um, it's swatting. It's really basically, you know, filing an emergency motion that has to be given consideration The figure they'll sort it out later. It's better to, you know, pull the kids out of any purported immediate danger rather than fight it out in the court to determine the, uh, you know, the authenticity of an email, which is kind of scary, right? That means somebody who didn't even do a sophisticated job here of, of, you know, of spoofing somebody uh, kind of got his way until it was corrected. It's actually really, really a scary part of the story. Yeah. And sad too. And we could say, Hey, great episode, right? That was some pretty shitty stuff. He did. We're still not even to the worst stuff. Trust me. Luckily on September 13th, 2019, there was a judge that must've looked at the evidence and said, um, Nope, we're going to give the kids back to the ex-wife because Jason Lydell is in violation of a peace bond, which is a bad thing for Jason. Yeah. And then furthermore, uh, Jason messaged his ex-wife via our family wizard. I believe that was probably the court messaging system said that yeah. you have never had to answer for all of your emails or your actions or your so-and-so shooting minor two just to see her cry. I'm not sure what that's referring to. Based on Virginia's precedent, the burden of proof is on you to prove that you didn't send me all those emails from your password protected accounts. So he's basically egging her on, saying that it doesn't matter that he actually is spoofing her. It's on her to prove, disprove that, which is probably true and frankly scary. Yeah, and that the reason why I put this quote in, in here the way it is is he's fucking with her so hard because he knows that she can't right he has her compromised account so how do you how do you prove that he doesn't that's not him you yeah know? i would wonder how we got wouldn't her wouldn't her immediate next step would be either change her email address or change her credentials but yeah. and I later on, you can see that law enforcement's able to sift this stuff out when you get records from these service right. providers. You can see that, you know, where when was she logged from? in versus yeah. when he logged in. Right. Oh, God. And then this scheme, this scheme, I could. I, I was like, OK, all right. He. OK. So remember, I, I try to tell you things on purpose. I know there's a lot of tangents that we go on, but one of the things I told you about was this dentistry, him being in the medical field. That plays in here because he submitted a copy of what was his ex-wife's military medical record 
to a court-appointed psychologist who was appointing who was evaluating the parental capacity of the ex-wife in order to have custody of the two kids or not. Right. And he sent faked information. He didn't give he didn't give the psychologist a true medical report about his ex-wife. It was a medical report that was faked because why would Jason Lydell ever give anybody the truth? That would go against everything he stood for since the University of Kentucky. <laughs> or prior. So what was interesting about this medical record forgery was I really, I wanted to know more about this and there wasn't a whole lot in the, the court paperwork. But the way it sounded is there's these military hospitals and there's this armed forces radiobiology research institute lab in bethesda maryland and there's these records in there and to get the records you have to scan them okay so now we're dealing with computers right we're not just talking about what a doctor would write down we're talking about a doctor could write something down but then it gets scanned physically into a digital file for somebody and that's going to leave evidence okay the scan of the military record was sent, her military, the, the ex-wife's military record, was sent to Jason Lydell's personal Lydell at AOL.com account. He didn't even use his DOD account. He used his personal AOL account. And keep in mind, this is why in forensics, chain of custody really matters, right? If you're going to court against somebody, why would you be submitting their, you know, uh, personal medical file? Obviously, unless, you know, she was unwilling to or said she didn't have it and he's like using it as evidence. But again, chain of custody matters, right? It wouldn't make sense that he would submit it. It would make sense that the armed forces would submit it directly to the court if they, you know that was so pertinent. So the fact that, you know, it went to him first, obviously was then altered or forged is a pretty key piece of evidence here. And frankly, illegal. And Lydell could obviously make the argument of somebody slipped, fell on the digital scanner and accidentally sent it to his personal email address. He Possibly. could. But investigators went into that lab and said, hey, lab people. Speaking to the security personnel there, they said, hey, lab people. Has this guy, Jason Lydell, been in here and scanned anything? And they said, yeah, actually, he was in here and his CAC card, which is CAC, it's like a, as I understand, it's kind of like a military driver's license. It's how you get around the military. It was used and approved for access into this lab to do exactly what he did, which was scan his wife's medical information and send it to his personal information, his personal account. So that way he could alter it and send it to the court appointed psychiatrist. So, yeah, we know that it was forged. Um, it was an email. With and they attachment. I was going to say they tracked it down right to the room. They told you yep. it was in room number three, one, one, six. So they knew exactly where he made this scan from. Right. Did you have anything to add to that? Sorry. I no, no, I was waiting to get stuff. to the actual forged document. So the forged document itself, um, what it did is it took her actual document, her actual medical record, but it added some information down at the bottom that was pertinent for child custody agreements, like 
it said that the ex-wife had attempted suicide and was a user of cocaine. And generally had a mental health crisis and was submitted um, to a military treatment facility on that. So, I mean, from a technology perspective, a forensic review of the Dell desktop that was ultimately seized from Jason Lydell and Sarah Sorg, we'll come to her next time, from their residence uh, in 2020 by the uh, police department and um, located the digital file containing the suspected forged military medical record. He didn't even delete the file. Because a court-appointed psychiatrist sent her report to the court and there were limitations on the disclosure, Jason would not have had access to that document unless he submitted the document to the court-appointed psychologist. And they knew that it was him. They caught him red-handed on this. <laughs> Which is basically fraud oh, on the court, by the way. That's fraud on the court. Um, yeah. So, you know, an exhaustive inquiry regarding this document, as well as the ex-wife's entire military record, and the uh, police were unable, including NCIS, were unable to locate any record or evidence indicating that the ex-wife was ever admitted to a military treatment facility on that or any other day. Oh, Seth, it gets deeper than that. They didn't just stop there. They went to the physicians that were supposedly on her medical record that you know, made these notes of her being on cocaine and suicidal. So there's two physicians, they don't name them, but one physician said he did definitely did not author the notes. So they showed him the notes and they said, he said, this is not me. I didn't, I didn't author this. So right there, that shows you that that was false. But the second one was, I, I thought this was almost humorous where physician two said, I wasn't even at Wright Patterson Air Force Base at the time that this note in this alleged medical military treatment that I gave her, I wasn't even there. So I couldn't have done this. So in both instances, that shows that someone like Jason Lydell put that information in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the court ultimately stated that the Ford military record of the ex-wife did not play any significant factor into evaluation because she was unable to verify its authenticity. Um, Thank God. Yeah, but it was noted that if the military medical record were deemed to be authentic, the psychologist for the court advised, uh, investigated that it would have resulted in the loss of custody for the two children. So he was on the right track to really screw her over. He just didn't do it in a way that was effective. But it is scary that that's how much fraud he was willing to commit to um you know to, to get his kids back it's really really sketchy and with that that brings us to the end of part one and i made this division here because all the crimes up to this point was just jason lydell versus his ex-wife and if you think these are bad these are probably only 50 percent bad compared to what's coming down the road once he has a new weapon named sarah sorg who's a lawyer who then starts dealing on the legal front for him. So you can see this. He's had a lot of weapons so far with forging emails and medical records, but now that he's got a lawyer to do his business for him, you're going to see even more craziness come, come out in this case. So please do stick around for part two. It's going to be so much more crazy than this. And we're going to try to go out on a bang uh, for season one. And with that, did you have any parting shots, Seth, before I just... No, I mean, it was just, uh, it's an interesting um, escalation of, of shitbag behavior. And 
look, it's, you know, part of the reason I, I work hard on my marriage. I, I want to have a good relationship and, you know, but to be that level of vitriol and anger and, you know, to really try to ruin the life of somebody is really a horrible way to live. Like what an awful human being. Um, and look, I'm sure there's another side to the story. Maybe the wife, ex-wife did some horrible things to him. We don't know that, but this is not the way to go about it. And uh, just kind of feels, like I said, I want to take a shower after this. Seth, I don't have anything to add to this because this case has been so crazy. And I've been just saying over and over and over, it's going to get crazier. But a wise, wise man once told me something that I want to share with you, Seth, that sums up this whole case. And you can think of this on part two when you, you readers or listeners, when you come in part two, think of this. What do you think I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, Seth? I have a pretty good idea. Sorry. I'm upside down. That's some domestic bullshit right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saved just for the uh, You're waiting a case. whole episode for that, weren't you? Yep. Yep. So with that, please do come back. We'll see you on part two and we promise it will be even crazier than this. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks.